peace, family, and thank you for tuning into the I Grew Up Over 30 podcast. I'm your host, Dre, and I greet you in love. I want to welcome you to season three, an interview series featuring people sharing stories of determination, survival, healing, as well as conversations with professionals in the clinical and holistic fields. My objective with the Love After installments was to offer a platform for others to share stories that I feel are inspiring and also to provide an opportunity for you as the listeners to hear from everyday people overcoming very real everyday trials. It's encouraging to me to hear the transparency of their low points, but also their will to keep pushing. I also feel it's important to hear these types of stories because sometimes it's the reminder we need that we can go through hell and come out polished but also that the outcome of your story is for you to determine. Later in the series, you'll hear from my very own therapist, as well as the queen that I've been raving about who's been hosting my sound bowl meditations. Both will be offering their perspectives on how our choices affect the collective and also how necessary our healing is to that same collective. I am so excited to share all this with you family. So please make sure you follow us on Instagram at nowplaying underscore IGUO30 and subscribe wherever you stream from. Leave us a review, share with a friend or 10. And if you want to hit us up, feel free to DM us or email us at IGUO30.podcast at gmail.com. So family, I present to you the Love After installment one. Let's talk. This first interview is one of my with one of my favorite people, and I can't wait for you guys to hear her story. She is described as a renaissance woman. Deonda has filled many shoes, but none as fulfilling as the heels she wears today. College student, intern, medical assistant, event planner, video broadcasting technician, and networking guru. Yes. They are all her titles, but they have never defined who Deonda felt she was deep within. As a wife, mother, and employee, Deonda felt she had more life to live, more to share, and more to give. She began her journey to find who she really was. A mixture of journal entries and recorded conversations with her daughters led Deonda to publish her first book, Adjust Her Crown, The Little Lady's Secret Handbook. This soon led to other books along with a publishing and consulting company. As time went on, she was living the American dream of home ownership. Great jobs for her and her husband, having their children in a nice school and multiple sports, and overall living comfortably. Deonda felt she was at the height of her life and had life figured out. But in 2018, the plot twist no one seen coming turned Deonda's perfect picture lifestyle into a shattered frame. She became a widow overnight and had to relearn life. Living out the struggles of sudden only parenthood and juggling the lifestyle she and her husband built together, Deonda became the rose that grew from the concrete. To this very day, Deonda continues to dig deep to seek her higher self in all aspects, especially emotionally and spiritually. You can find her with a good cup of tea, a gem or two in her pocket or bra, a stick of Palo Santo burning wrapped in a fuzzy sweater while running her businesses from her laptop and yelling some type of directions to her kids down the hall. Today, Deonda stands tall as a mother and successful serial entrepreneur. Most importantly, she is in love with who she has become. Family, please welcome my Shiro in the flesh, Deonda. Woohoo! Snap, 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 snap. snap. Welcome, welcome, beautiful 
Well, thank you so much for being a part of this uh, series. I appreciate you. Um, and I hope that um, this helps and somehow along in your journey of uh, healing and finding yourself because we are there, sis, truly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for so much for even thinking about bringing me on your show. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, so a little background for our family. Deonda and I are in-laws and um, we have a lot of mutual uh, people in the past. We'll say that. So um, <laughs> while we are really more getting to know each other more recently, I have watched your growth, you know, for many years and I've seen you, you know, kind of go um, just like in your bio, go from, you know, all these different hats that you were wearing in your entrepreneurship and, and mom and, and everything. And, and even to now. Um, so it's been dope to watch you go through that. And um, I want you to kind of go into uh, who Deonda was early on. So give us kind of a glimpse of, of what that was and some of your, your ups and downs that you kind of went through early on. Ooh. <laughs> early, on, Deonda, early. <laughs> <laughs> early on Deonda was um confused um and I say that because I um some would consider me conceited um but those who knew me knew me knew that I went through depression um I went through um not knowing who I was because I wanted to live up to certain standards. Um, so I lost myself a lot trying to be somebody that I wasn't, trying to please my family, trying to make sure that I look good, you know, put on this great persona. Um, so the early Deonda, or the younger Deonda, um, wasn't always happy with herself. Um, but I've always felt like I had fireworks, like in the pit of my stomach. Um, I always felt like, um, you know, I wanted to have the corner office and be this this high executive uh, marketing um, president, you know, just because I wanted to live up to a certain standard and thought that would make me happy. But um, yeah, early Deonda was, uh, I'm, I'm glad she's, she's back then. That's right. still, still not who I am <laughs> nowadays. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the younger Deonda. She's gone that there was um there was a point in time where you were kind of you were kind of like a mom to your younger sister and so how did that kind yes. of affect your relationship with your mom you know then maybe even versus now you know because we kind of get to a different mm -hmm. place when we're adults and we can um understand things differently or you know what i'm saying we can empathize with certain decisions yeah. you know what i'm saying so what was that kind of like you know with your relationship with your mom then and now yeah so me and my sister are seven years apart um and i will say like i was the sister that always had to take my sister with me to the playground and had to um help her with her homework and you know i had to walk with her when she wanted to go to her friend's house i had to check on her i had to make a snack for her after school you know um i was that big sister um during that time i kind of resented my mom because i was kind of the kid that was like you know well you know 
she's one and I'm eight years old. Like, I don't want to play with these games. You know, I want to go hang with my friends. And, um, but then it just became a lifestyle for me. You know, I felt like I had to have my sister. When my sister was gone for the summer, I felt empty, you know, so it just became my lifestyle. Um, and as I got older, I kind of understood, like when I had my first daughter, I was just like, it turned me into a better mom, to be honest, um, because I had already had that quote unquote practice. Um, so I kind of was already in mommy mode already. So I kind of knew this is how you change your diapers. You got you got to be quick with the fixing meals. You know what I'm saying? Right. You got to cut those edges off that peanut butter and jelly sandwich or somebody going to start screaming, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, so beforehand, I was kind of resentful to my mom. But once I had my own daughter, I was just like, wow, this is tough. And, you know, my mom and my dad worked together. So it was just like, God, like, I get it. Like, we need help, you know. And my mom was a young mom. Um, she had me at 18. I guess nowadays that's not considered young. But she had me when she was 18. <laughs> it is. It is family. Don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> but she had me early and then she went off into the army and then when she came back okay, I guess she felt I like she, know that. okay yeah so I think when she came back she felt like she still had to make up time and she had to live you know make up make up um all the parties that she missed and okay. you know hanging out with all the friends and yeah. stuff like that totally so you know, um, yeah yeah so once I, once I got into mommy mode, you know, I understood that moms need help. I understood um, that it gets heavy, yeah. you know, as a mom. And I find myself asking my kids, you know, hey, can you go grab me a diaper? Hey, can you watch your sister real quick while I go out on the balcony? I need to breathe, you know, but I try not to like, to be honest, my 13 year old has never changed the diaper. <laughs> and some people might look at me like what and I'm like well I had to change diapers so I don't right. want my kid to change a diaper if she doesn't have to you know I want her to learn other things right um so and I that think that kind of lead me into my next question like do you find that sometimes you're kind of doing things like your mom did you know what I'm saying even <laughs> even with limitations like you just said you know you can you can go and make the bottle. You don't have to feed her and burp her and or whatever the case may be. But you, I need you to do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, no, really, I do. Up, you know, in other ways as well that you're kind of like your mom, or you know what I mean. You you do some yeah. stuff like her. Yeah, because I like I don't like I don't like um I don't resent my mom now. I don't hate anything that she you know instilled in me because now I'm just like you know my my kids are what eleven and. 13, they know how to um, clean a whole kitchen. They know how to separate and wash and put away their clothes, you know, stuff like that stuff I had to do um, when I was younger than them. Yeah. So, you know, I look at my mom now and I'm like, thank you. Yes. Right. <laughs> you know, because yeah, I know 25 year olds who don't know how to sort and do laundry. So, you know, I thank my mom for, for that type of stuff and instilling that in me because then, you know, I, I pour that into my kids. Right. Yeah. So I know you and I oftentimes talk about uh, being the first, uh, you know, and kind of breaking generational cycles um, for our kids to not go through uh, some of the things that we experience. So um, what are some, some direct impacts that you feel um, from some things you experienced with your mom that kind of affect how you are not like, you know, like, for example, uh, my dad yelled a lot that was that was his thing was to yell and for a long time i didn't um 
I don't think I really started yelling until there became multiple of them. I don't think when it was just, you know, my oldest that, that I yelled as much as I did once it started being all these little feet running around. Um, but then as I was going through my own, my own shit, I yelled even more. And it wasn't until I kind of mm-hmm. got to where I am now that I, I'm able to piece these things together and, and, you know, have that moment where I want to yell, which happened this morning. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to, I, I wanted to knock her block off. I really did. Um, but we have those moments, right, where we get to to be our own parent, to, to be ourselves and to not, you know, kind of repeat those cycles. So what are some things that kind of stand out for you um, that you consciously, you know, work on um, parenting wise? Communication mm. has been a major thing. I think um, as parents or some parents get stuck in the, I'm big, you're small type of thing. And they don't create a safe space for their kids to come to them and say um, something as simple as, mommy, somebody took my pencil and threatened me with it today at school. Or, you know, mommy, I came on my period and it hurts. Just anything, you know. Um, I felt like um, opening the lines of communication with my kids early on, um, was really important to me. I wanted to know when you went to somebody's house, you know, how did their father talk to you? How did their mother talk to you? Did they have a million people over there? Not because I'm being nosy, but I need to know how, how did that make you feel? You know, um, I don't want my kids to seek attention or love or pity anywhere outside of the house. You know, it's bound to happen, but I want them to, um, I wanted to also instill, um, self-love Mm-hmm. in them in the house so mm-hmm. that they go searching when they're teenagers for a boy to love them because they were neglected you know right. at home or something like that so yeah. communication and self-love were a big thing so speaking of you know those qualities that we you know work towards with our daughters and and trying to be open and self-love and all that stuff what led you to write your first book um adjust your crown a little lady secret handbook like what what specifically made you want to encourage little ones because the book is geared toward even though anyone can apply it because overall it's ladylike qualities right you know what i'm saying um mm-hmm. but what made you gear it towards little ones um because that's where i had the most experience okay that's where my most experience came from. And what led me to write the book um, in general was, um, you know, my kids, they have a lot of friends and I would allow kids to come over and we'd go hang out, you know, play dates and stuff with other little girls. And um, there was just things that I instilled in my kids that weren't in other kids. And I would have conversations with parents, not, you know, why are you teaching kid to do that? Not this, but just more so um, just, you know, general conversation or my kids would be like, well, you know, I don't understand why these kids don't say thank you or stuff like that. And I was just like, me too. Mm-hmm. Like, what if they just don't know? What if they just don't know to say please and thank you right. and things like that. And then people would constantly compliment me. Your kids are so well-mannered. Your kids are so well, so well-behaved. But like any mom, I was like, what? Yeah. They are. <laughs> <laughs> 
terrorists at home, you know, right. <laughs> home. but it's good to know that they're well-mannered when they're with you. Exactly. So I'm doing something right. Exactly. <laughs> so it just, it just made me wonder, like, what if kids, what if little ladies don't know, you know, that they're, that they can be young ladies. So you put it in a book. Yeah. And you then, know, so then you moved on to then your, your, your book for women. Um, mm-hmm. And even though, um, like I said, we can both, uh, well, all age groups can, can kind of learn from your first book, your second one, you do gear it towards the everyday woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, remind me again of the exact title, because when I refer to it, I refer to it as 30 ways, 30 days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 30 ways to reboot in 30 days for the modern woman. Okay. So how do how do you apply that your 30 ways um how do you do that like how do you kind of stick to it and what are some uh because i i I look through it often and i Mm -hmm. i know that there's some things that we've talked about in there and i find that i don't i can't really keep a routine so what (laughs) what stands out for you because i've even mentioned before in other episodes i i make my bed every day not you know what i'm saying it might not be the best but it's made enough to the point where i'm getting back in it so what do you stick to yeah in your in your book i'm not gonna lie i have no routine (laughs) yes things get done (laughs) things get done I cannot stick to a routine. Life is so topsy-turvy and 2020 just taught me to just survive and you are fine. Um, but um, but no, I, there are a lot of times that I catch myself and I would just, I, I pick the book up, I flip it open and I'm like, okay, today we are going to look at stocks or today we're going to eat a vegan meal or, you know, I pick one thing because the, the worst thing that you can do is be hard on yourself and not, oh my gosh, 30 days, I didn't do one thing a day. Uh-uh. Right. <laughs> you can yeah. pick one thing and do four out of a month, but you know that as long as you improve yourself in one way, yeah. you are winning. <laughs> exactly. And that that that's really I knew that was gonna be your answer in you know, just because yeah. I think it's important that people understand that uh this process is not one size fits all. You can take from several different methods and apply what works for you mm-hmm. as long as as you're you're really just working on yourself and you're doing the work um because i mean i know that i've found sometimes that i get caught up in um you know i gotta have uh oh uh, amethyst rose quartz selenite uh lapis did uh, uh, got them all yep check 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 you know what i'm saying and 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 journals, yep. Yep, i got the ones that turn this way the ones that turn that way the spiral ones that you know what i mean like but but it's just <laughs> it's just important uh that overall you do what works for you you know what i'm saying and you rest when you need to and there are yeah. going to be the days and even maybe consistently that you don't do anything and that's mm-hmm. okay know what i'm saying if you're resetting and you're as as long as we're not talking about 17 days of depression you know what i'm saying and you really not because i don't want people to get comfortable in that either i want you to fight through that and that's that where i feel like is where your book because you can open it up and just do those things and fuck if you don't want to do that one shit bitch flip the page you know what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) you know exactly 
ultimately doing what works for you. So please, family, please pick that up. Um, we'll be providing your info so people can, you know, where to get in touch with you and know where they can pick that up from. And so, um, I love that. <laughs> I appreciate uh, the transparency. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanna, I want you in your own words to address, um, address Vic, however, you know, spirit leads you to, um, but just kind of talk about that and, and that, that kind of process for you. Okay. Say it one more time. I'm sorry. Just, just tell me how, tell me about Vic to let us know how all that was from beginning to end you know if you wanted to share i'd love to hear it you know what I'm saying? whatever you're comfortable with but talk to us about vic vic okay so victor <laughs> was my um my best friend um the bestest friend that a best friend can have um he was my best friend that i met when i was 16 right before i turned 16 actually um yeah I was, I, yeah I was 15 um when we met and he met me at a pivotal point in my life um we met in that summer that like the end of summer that fall I lost my grandmother and my grandmother was my everything you know she was my everything and that summer I spent a lot of time with her um as she was dying from um stomach cancer <clears throat> so um you know, it was like, she was my best friend. And as soon as I lost my best friend, I had gained another one. So I felt that um, she was okay to go. She was okay to transition because she knew that somebody else would be there to hold my hand through life. Um, and that's exactly what he did. Um, he, you know, we dated, we broke up, we dated, we broke up, but through it all, we were the best of friends. I could call him and tell him about any boyfriend. He can call and tell me about any girlfriend. I mean, we were the best of friends. Um, so we decided to get serious. Um, when I turned 19, um, and then we had our first child when I was 20. Um, and with Vic, it was, you know, sunshines, rainbows, and, you know, we had, we had our issues, um, but we worked through it because we had established a friendship first, and I think that's so important in relationships is to make sure that you're friends, um, but, um, you know, so we, we ended up having two children. We started living what we had um, written out as our American dream. You know, we bought the house, we had the cars, we had um, our kids in, in great, you know, in a good school system. Um, we had picked out our kids' colleges, you know, we, we started college funds and, you know, um, our families got along. Uh, everything was just uh, great, you know. Um, so March 30th, 2018, um, he came home from work and was just like, hey, I'm going to go out. Um, with some friends, you know, we always check with each other first, you know, is that okay? Are you sure? You know, the kids won't be too much. Um, so he had been working a lot. So I was just like, you know, go ahead, go have fun. He had just um, gotten his third motorcycle. Um, and we had a thing about three, the number three. So the third motorcycle always made my stomach drop. But um, 
me. I'm the think positive. It's okay. Everything's going to work out, you know, positive Patty. Um, so he went out and um, it's funny because he texted me. He was just like, oh, I'm ready to come home. I shouldn't have went out, you know, and I was just very persistent. And I was just like, you know, have fun, be a guy, hang out with the guys. You don't do it much. You work so hard. You don't celebrate life and, you know, just have fun and just whatever you do, just be safe. So um, 2.34, I'm sorry, all of that happened on March um, 29th, 2.34, March 30th. Um, I got the call in the morning. Um, it was his best friend and he was um, he was just panicking. He was like, he gone, he gone. And um, they had been in a motorcycle um, uh, accident before. Um, and he bruised his um he bruised his ribs. So I was just like, you know, calm down, calm down. Um, he's going to be fine. He just needs me to get there. Just like last time I got there, calmed him down. He's fine. And his, his um, best friend was like, no, 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 get here right now. So I got there. He, um, he had um, died on scene. It okay. was immediate um, impact. He passed. Um, and um, that, that it took a while, you know, like, like any loss. It took a while to um, understand, but during this time, um, which is not coincidental, I had started, um, we had started a spiritual journey where we started to learn about the afterlife where, um, cause we're not religious, we're more spiritual, we're open to every religion, you know, we're open to the spiritual side and so forth. Um, and uh, so, you know, I, I had learned to, I had to learn how to, what I say, relive, you know, I had to learn life all over again because the life I built from 15 up until that point was right. me and Vic, me and Vic, me and Vic. So, yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. I, that's still a journey for you. So I appreciate you opening up and sharing um, as much as you did. And I know that you kind of, um, everybody kind of has their own way of getting through that uh, and mm -hmm. you faced criticism from people who had something to say about how you you know kind of moved forward with your life um mm -hmm. so just briefly just talk about how that was for you because i know that people tend to start giving out unsolicited opinions and you're still going through this process and you're still healing and you're still, you know, so just, you know, just kind of touch on that briefly, how, how that makes you feel. Um, so people can understand that as I think even inadvertently, we tend to do it because you think that's my girl or that's, you know, that's family, that's this, that's that, and, you know, it's still an unsolicited opinion. So just, you know, few words on that how that you know um I will say all of the unsolicited advice did help me sink deeper into depression mm -hmm. um and it made me question myself as a person as a mom as a wife my loyalty to Vic and so forth it definitely made me question my entire life yeah yeah so and that's I just I, I always appreciate you and love where you are um, because full disclosure, she doesn't have it all together. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> neither one of us do. You know, we're kind of both still going through this journey 
Um, and what's a later part of life for our experiences? You know what I'm saying? Being young mothers and, and shit like that. Um, but you're always so inspiring to me because I always see you reaching for your, your higher level. You know what I'm saying? You're always, you know, going through a transformation and, um, life hits you, you know, and, and it's important for people to see that, that these low points look different for, for different folks. You know what I'm saying? We don't all have the same experience and we don't all go through it the same, you know, um, but but being a work in, in progress and how you know kind of despite your trials you still you still work on you so just tell me how you kind of work on those goals how do you how do you get through your days what are some things um that you work on that help you work on you sage <laughs> <laughs> No, really. Um, I'm really big into sage and essential oils now. Um, affirmations also. Um, I've it, it was a long journey, and it still is. But I've learned to literally um, block everybody's opinion. There you go. That is by far the hardest thing to do. But once you start doing it, it is an amazing thing. Absolutely. Um, yes, I've learned to to block opinions. I've learned to. Um, literally stick to affirmations and um clear out my social my social media if it's not positive i'm not following it right yeah, <laughs> that's something we spend a lot of time on you know absolutely uh, yeah um thank you so much is there anything you any final words you want to share um for people in this journey uh giving your story and what you've kind of been through just some parting words for the family uh from the heart Absolutely. I would say stay encouraged and stay positive and focus on yourself. That'll get you through so much. Just that alone will get you through so much. The realest shit. How can the family <laughs> keep in contact with you? Drop your Instagram, your website, all that good stuff where the folks can get in touch with you. I am Deonda on Instagram. That's I I am D I O N D A. Um, from there, you can catch my website, DeondaFugit.com. I am always on Instagram. I'm also on um, Facebook at I am Deonda. Yes, you are amazing. I thank you so much for all that you do, all that you are. Keep pushing. Um, you know, we always lean on each other for encouragement so um i'm so glad to call you as part of my tribe my sister girl um and i love you thank you i love you bunches we appreciate you. <laughs> family i hope you enjoyed we'll catch up with the next installment peace <laughs>